Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today is a returning guest. I had Jack Ad on very early on the podcast, maybe five years ago. I also used to be coached by Jack back in the day, probably 2018, 2017, 2018, uh, for probably about a six month period. And Jack was exceptional, professional, knew what he was talking about. And, and Jack has had an amazing career. Jack has gone from competing very high in the world of kind of bodybuilding and now he's gone completely 180 to the other side of things he's had a son recently and what we're going to talk about is how his perspective has changed going from a bodybuilder just looking after himself to having someone else to look after now the big thing that he's going to talk about is how to manage things as a parent making sure time is for you in your week about having those open and constant conversations with your partner and having that support that a lot of us kind of overcomplicate things when it comes to training, when it talks about getting in shape in inverted commas. We also talk about how to look at fat loss at weekends and actually how to manage those. Should we bank calories? How much to bank calories? And I think that's going to be really useful for an awful lot of you. And then we also kind of look at meal planning hacks that he talks about. We talk about how to get over plateaus. We talk about how alcohol doesn't ruin fat loss. And we also talk about the mindset of I'll start when things quiet down because I think that's all stopped us from doing something in our lives whether that be starting to study whether that be starting to go start up a business whether that be starting to lose weight or gain muscle there's always something that comes up in life and I'm very grateful for having Jack back on and I really hope you guys enjoy this episode with Jack Ad. Jack how are we sir? Doing very well thank you mate how are we doing? Good good it's been I think it's I think we were saying it's been like four and a half or five years since you were on the podcast last yeah we're getting old now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah because I, I was looking i think you were like episode three four or five it was like one of the first five episodes and i think the audio was shit at that time as well. i think i hadn't figured out the system yet how to do it so that's some mistakes again that we make <laughs> audio's gotten better that's the main thing hope so hope so uh jack for anyone who isn't aware of who you are and what you do can you give us a little bit of a little bit of a what's your name where do you come from uh, about all that kind of stuff awesome yeah cool so my name is jack gad um i've been in the fitness industry for i think we were saying about six years now so it's uh, amazing how long you end up spending in an industry without realizing it um <laughs> and throughout the time done a lot of different things bodybuilding um I even tried this little stint at doing some sort of powerlifting bits a little while back um but kind of found my feet in terms of just really wanting to coach guys to get into amazing shape so they can feel better in themselves kind of make it work with their lifestyle um and then the last sort of year and a half i've had a son as well so that's massively changed my perspective on fitness to what it used to be to the younger version of me as well so i'm sure we'll probably get into what that looks like to to, to how it was before as well but that's sort of a little bit of a background about me now yeah so if anyone doesn't aware, jack used to coach me what two three years ago three years ago um, and Jack at that stage was probably into the bodybuilding a lot more than you currently are. Yeah. And things have definitely changed, as you said, since your your, your amazing son kind of came along. So what what has been the biggest change for you on that side of things? Is it kind of more the mindset? Is it relatability or what, what has changed for you? I think it's just the perspective of time is the biggest thing that's changed. Like I obviously when I was in the bodybuilding side of things, I had all the time in the world. Um, there was no real commitments to 
pick <laughs> pick him up from nursery or get back home for dinners and that type of thing. And I think I remember I was in the gym maybe five, six days a week sometimes for a couple hours as well. Like I would do leg days and I'd be in there for two hours, warming up for squats for half an hour and then doing my actual sets of squats for half an hour. And I just I think back to it now and I just think like I could never do that now. Like my 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 perspective of time is just incredibly different to what it once was. And I think the realization of that has probably made my fitness journey now or just the way I go about my sessions actually better because I'm in the gym for less time. So I have to get the sessions sort of done in a reasonable time frame. So my intensity is higher. I'm in the gym less per week as well. So I've got to make sure those sessions are the best that they can be as well. And I think just realizing that you can still get really, really good results even when you're not the most sort of even when you're time poor like i only go in three days a week now in comparison to before i was in five six days a week so i've literally in 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 the space of a few years slashed my fitness in half but still able to kind of maintain what i used to do with without having to be there so much so it's it's been really nice actually and quite a big realization actually having a son seeing that you can still do things you used to do you just have to change the priorities and change the goalposts a little bit. Have you changed your style of training completely or have you changed it at all? Or are you kind of just, are you just more supersets or what kind of stuff are you doing? Yeah, so the style has changed a little bit. Like beforehand, like I would be very focused on doing quite a lot of volume, lots of heavy compound movements and sort of throughout six, seven exercises. But now the way I kind of do things is I'll do one or two exercises when I go in. Those will be the main things I'll try and progress. So whether that's a squat, a deadlift, a dumbbell press, like my mindset will be, okay, can we progress these from what we did in the last week? And then everything else will be a bit more off the cuff, supersets, higher reps, get a bit of a pump, and then just kind of fill a bit of a gap for 30 minutes where I can then obviously just do that and then come out of the gym. So it's probably changing the fact that I'm not as hell bent on progressing everything as I used to be. Like I would really spend a lot of time beforehand trying to progress things like a barbell curl. And I'd spend like 10, 15 minutes resting and stuff to make sure I could get an extra rep on that sort of second, third and fourth set. But now it's just a case of, okay, if I can do these two things and then enjoy the rest of it then i'm gonna have way more fun in the gym than i used to which i definitely do now i think that's i think that's important because i think a lot of people will they think they need to spend hours and hours in the gym in order to get the results but as you just said there it's more about kind of efficiency and kind of effectiveness of what actually you're doing and are you kind of working on full body workouts because you're doing three bodies or what kind of split are you doing yeah, so the way I kind of do it is I'll split it in a way that I'll do legs and arms together yeah. and then I'll do like a push split and then a pull split. So the volume's quite low in comparison to what it used to be, but I'm still maintaining a lot of the strength that I used to have. So not seeing any issues with it too much. I would probably recommend for most people to do full bodies over three days a week, but because I've sort of had a bit of experience in what I know works for, for myself, this is kind of the best split for me, really. And you, you spoke about time there kind of earlier on. What advice would you give to someone that has kids and maybe time poor or mm. think that they're time poor if they were looking to kind of get some sort of training in, whether that be going to, I don't know, yoga, Pilates or whatever training they they enjoy doing? How do you make sure that you have that 
a lot of time for yourself. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to like, obviously, I'm guessing a lot of people watching this will have other halves or partners that you just have to have a bit of an agreement on when the week starts, like what you're doing and when you're doing things. So you can allot your time, but then you're not obviously a lot on so much time that you're then avoiding maybe spending time with the kids or the family or whatever. Because I know if I was just to do my own thing without sort of telling Molly when I was going to do sessions or going to go for a workout, even like yoga, that type of thing. I know that's where things would obviously start to fall down. So it's almost, you you have to plan. Like my week is now very much planned in advance before it starts more than it used to be. Five years ago, I would just do my week as it goes. Not really a care in the world what's happening because I had loads of time. Now I'm obviously a bit, it's a bit more time for, I have to plan things in and just make sure, okay, Thursday's my day to train. I'm going to train at this time on the way back. I'm then going to pick you up from nursery, that type of thing. So it's like, it's making sure my sessions and stuff revolve around my lifestyle, but they still fit in as a priority for me. Cause I know then I feel good mentally. I feel good physically. I feel good. And then everything else kind of slots in nicely with it. Um, I think it's just finding time for exercise, whatever where you, where you want to do it. Even if it's just a walk, even if it's just a yoga session at home for 30 minutes, just doing something for yourself a couple of times a week is the biggest thing that you can kind of plan in to make sure that you are keeping on top of your fitness as best, as best as you can. One of the really thing, the really, really interesting things you said there on that point was the issue around kind of communication and having that kind of element of actually sitting down with your partner. I know some people may not be in that kind of fortunate position to have that supportive partner around them where they may not understand their goals or whatever it may be. How do you, because I know this has been part of your life for a very, very long time um, and your partner will understand that. But for anyone who may not have that support, how can you bring that up in a conversation without kind of getting that pushback? Yeah, this is a, this is a, t- a tough one, isn't it? Because it's <laughs> everyone obviously handles their relationships yeah. differently. Um, but I think it would be the same as as if someone if someone is supported. I think you just have to relay the reasons as to why it's important for you to do things for fitness and stay in shape, um, and explain to your partner why that is something that you need to do because of how it then affects your life, your men- your sort of mentality and your health. And hopefully, obviously, there'll be that kind of realisation between it because we all need our own separate time to do things um, so we can obviously make sure that we feel good in ourselves. And it's just kind of finding, finding that middle ground, really. Um, I'm quite lucky in the sense that Molly's very understanding. She uh, <laughs> she went through many bodybuilding preps. So what I do now is absolutely nothing to uh, <laughs> what she used to have to put up with. Uh, and for anyone listening, she used to have to weigh my onions and lettuce. So I think she's oh, a, bit, a bit of a golden golden gem, really. <laughs> do you miss that world at all? <laughs> I can't imagine so. No, now now on my fitness path, we're using onion. I'll just track half. I'm not tracking the the actual the actual gram of it. It's just okay. That's I'm estimating that now. <laughs> and are you on a you're on a cut at the minute? Uh, I'm trying to basically just sustain my level of leanness, mainly just so I'm good at my sort of because I play football now. Um, yeah, I like to try and stay within a body weight that. I know I'm quite agile in, so I kind of have to keep a close eye on things roughly, but not to the point where I'm monotonously tracking absolutely everything like I used to. And how have you found the transition from the bodybuilder to footballer and father? (laughs) Um, Surprising, actually. Surprising in the sense that I thought 
it would be harder than it was. But I think the, the main thing for me was obviously losing a good chunk of weight. So I used to be like 200 pounds. Now I'm like 165 or something. So as you obviously lose weight, you, you get more agile and fitter anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not been too bad. Like I think because my body was so used to going up and down with, with weights throughout the years anyway, obviously I've, I've been to these points, but I think the hardest thing for me is just maintaining this for so long. I've never maintained a body weight like this for more than a couple months. So I'm about six, seven months in of maintaining this weight now. And it feels, feels good to be able to do it. You just have to have a little bit more control on things with food. You can't just go and smash loads of burgers and pieces at the weekend and accept things are still going to be okay the next week. <laughs> and how do you kind of, yeah, and that's interesting because you've, you've kind of gone from kind of like the bodybuilding side where you kind of like you're on a bulk and there's yeah. kind of like different terminologies that can be used for it to now kind of more kind of working with people who are from that back end of that they want to have their weekends. They want to have their holidays. They want to have the few drinks with the lads and their families and stuff. How has your perspective changed on how you coach people? Mm. I'd, I'd say the, the perspective on how I coach people is, is similar in the sense that <clears throat> if people want to go out for drinks at the weekend or if they want to go out for a meal, we'll still use the same principles, but there'll be a bit less um, sort of strictness around it. So obviously we'll create things like calorie banks in the week to give them more calories at the weekend. But when it comes to the weekend, rather than them sort of having to track exactly what they'll have, it will be a case of, okay, just leave yourself X amount of calories, go and enjoy yourself. You're probably not going to go over that amount from the meal that you're going to have out and you've saved a big chunk up already. So a perfect example was a guy the other day that I work with was, um, <laughs> he actually messaged me and said, I'm going to take my own wraps to this Mex to this Mexican restaurant. And I was like, no, you're not taking your own wraps. Not like, that guy. Yeah, you're not being that guy that turns up with his wraps um little saucepan to cook things in just to put on there i was like no just create like drop the calories over the next few days and then on the day perhaps maybe have a lighter breakfast lighter lunch you've now got 1500 calories to go and enjoy yourself and have the wraps that they bring out to uh, to to enjoy it so just little things like that and just making sure that people are sort of have an enjoyment with, with their life because it's going to happen you can't just be all or nothing all the time because it will burn you out in relation to kind of banking calories thing a lot of people have heard that term and they may not understand what it is but do you yeah. also like how much of a leeway do with the banking because a lot of people will go for the as you mentioned there the all or nothing approach of like i'm going to restrict myself for the whole week and then mm. bankrupt myself in the weekend yeah what's normally a safe point in your experience when you're from working with clients of the amount to bank yeah so i think for people that are more inexperienced so newer gym goers and perhaps maybe people that are new to calorie tracking and stuff i'd say like 10 percent is a good range so 10 percent of your daily calorie intake dropping that off over a week is is fine um so if you're on 2000 calories a day dropping off maybe 150 200 a day is probably fine um for those that are more experienced like for me if i know i've got a weekend where i'm going to be over food like for example it's easter this weekend um by the time of watching this that may have gone but i will bank maybe quite heavily because i know i'll probably eat a bit more on sunday than i need to so i'm, I'm quite happy to do that because i know i don't then reverse or binge or anything but you have to just almost take your own sort of control on what you personally can handle um so you don't go too far one-sided and <laughs> use up the whole calories that you, you intended to <laughs> yeah i think yeah because i think a lot of people are because now this is going to be a kind of maybe two weeks after easter so 
a lot of people will kind of will have passed it already. I get, I can hear from clients already; they're getting a little bit, especially the newer ones that are kind of still getting that um, trust with food and kind of letting go of that control thing a little bit more. That they're kind of freaking out a little bit about kind of Easter. It's kind of like, well, it's not really Easter that's going to be the issue. It's what you're doing before and after. I think yeah. too many people put the focus on that one meal out or that one piss up or whatever it may be, and not enough focus on the plan around it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always a thing. I think everyone always focuses on that one day, thinking that that's going to be the issue, but it's always the the day after, or even like maybe the meal after is where the issue is. Like if you have one bad meal. If you then continue that to have another bad meal and another bad meal, that's when you're going to obviously sort of lose control. It's just understanding that one thing isn't really going to send you off. It's a multitude of things that that really is where the issues start to arise. You think everyone should be kind of trying to bank calories or do you think it's something that should be kind of like phased in to where someone's at? Yeah, I, I think, again, this probably comes down to the experience thing. Like, I know, uh, obviously, a lot of people probably it's not the best idea for them to bank calories, maybe, because it might not be the right thing for them if they're coming from maybe different backgrounds of maybe binging or nutritionally just not being as experienced as others. But I think you almost just have to sort of take that judge on what you know you're like and how reactive you are. So if you're someone that often, when you have a big amount of calories to eat, will go and double that amount because you get so excited about the food and you just can't stop you have to start asking the question okay are you better maybe just not doing the calorie bank doing normal into the week not going into that day super hungry so you you can then obviously just enjoy yourself and not feel like you're kind of getting so excited about this massive calorie amount that you've got available which potentially could send you over 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 the time yeah, I think the 10% thing that you advise, obviously, if someone's on 1200 calories, like that's not advice. But if you sure, mentioned, yeah. you mentioned the number there, of kind of like eight, say 1800 to 2000 calories, which is pretty safe amount for most people, yeah. obviously, depending on where they're at. Mm-hmm. But 10% of that and taking that off isn't a huge, like it's probably less than the protein bar that most people are eating anyway, or it's probably like it's a, maybe one and a half chicken fillets. Like it's not a huge amount to be banking over the week and it's giving you probably about an extra thousand calories that could be your few pints that could be your pizza with your friends or whatever it may be so i think the 10 percent thing is is a pretty pretty decent range in relation to one of the big things i know you've kind of we're talking about kind of social media and instagram and reels a little bit a little while ago off air and one of the things you kind of talk about an awful lot is is meal planning and that you have a meal planning hack can you Mm. talk about what that is yeah, so I should have brought props, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, or the spoon that everyone seems to be talking into these days. <laughs> but um, no, so at the start of the week, uh, I, I say me and me and Molly because it's more her. To be honest, we'll we'll plan the foods that we have each day. So, um, or at least roughly plan it. So we at least know. Okay, if Tuesday's meal doesn't happen, we'll have Wednesdays instead. So we kind of know each day what's coming up. Um, and for me, when it comes to tracking. And for a lot of people, when it comes to tracking, that's always going to be the meal that often a lot of uh, people can't track because maybe it's cooked for them or um, made in advance, or it's going to be the meal that sends them off. It's usually the most highest calorie meal of the day. So the dinner being the lasagna, lasagna, spag bowl, maybe you have pizza, maybe you have like shepherd's pie, things that ultimately are quite difficult to track, quite hard to get a handle on. So if you know what that meal is, and for me, obviously I will because we know what the, the dinner we're going to have is 
can plan that in into my day the day before or the morning of i can then plan the rest of my day around it so i'm not restricting my family to what food we have and it also means that i can enjoy the meals with them and i can just work the rest of my day around it so for me like tonight i'm pretty sure we're having sausages and mashed potato um i know i just need to put in five chicken sausages into my app with however much potato we use and then i'll plan the rest of my day around it to make sure i hit my protein and i hit my calories and it's really that simple for me it doesn't go any more advanced or I'm not worrying about carbs or fats or anything else i'm just looking at okay what do I want to eat? Protein, calorie goal. Um, and does it fill me up? Does it have some decent veggies in? And that's really the kind of bulk of how I do things with, with my planning. Um, I'll try and make it super simple. Why do you think so many people are might be adverse to actually planning things? Because it's one of the hardest things to kind of navigate with people is like, it's like, oh, I don't want to plan every meal. Like, you don't have to plan every meal, just plan something. Yeah. I think I think but like with without sort of going too tongue in cheek, I think there's an element of laziness to it when people don't want to plan anything. Like if you don't want to plan anything, you have to ask the question: Do you do you really want to lose body fat, or is it just something that you're really not willing to compromise on when it comes to planning? Because when you like there's there's definite an inherent difference between the people who have a plan, even if it's foods they enjoy and they like, to the people that don't when it comes to losing body fat. I really do believe there is more results that come through knowing what you're having and what you've sort of almost got planned in for the day. Um, so I think even if you just can like one or two meals, it will go a long, long way to seeing what calorie limits you're going to be in and actually what you can then do for the rest of the day to actually make it successful. Otherwise you are just, just winging it. And I think <laughs> uh, winging it's okay for a period of time, but it can catch you out almost on a daily basis if you don't sort of look at the other aspects of the day as well yeah i think like even like people the same one of the really lowest kind of hanging fruits on it just do a food shop like yeah. that, that kind of sets you up at least then if you have so if you're buying the basics of like a chicken or steaks or mince or fish or whatever it is have two or three recipes that you can go to for each of those ingredients or the biggest thing that's changing now is everyone has an air fryer everyone has a slow cooker and particularly as a parent a slow cooker it's just like if the kids are drawn on the walls at least the dinner is being cooked yeah. <laughs> in the back end or else you're on calls or whatever it may be because i know i was speaking to someone yesterday they're like i think she has four under seven yeah. um and the slow cooker is literally just saves her sanity and then on the weekends he just does it on a sunday two or three times and that's yeah. her that's the lunches that made for the week and it's something so subtle and something so slight can make a massive difference because you're not you're running around after everyone you're doing runs to playing football or GAA or golf or whatever it may be with the kids but at least you know that what's the food is there for you when you get back so you don't have to, you don't rely on your mood mm -hmm. yeah you coming back and you're tired because all of us are like oh I'm not motivated to cook it's like nobody really wants to cook when they've had a massive long day or They've had a stressful day and they just want a glass of wine or whatever it may be in the evening but at least then your decision fatigue is, is taken out of it and you can just go to the fridge bang in the microwave and your food's done like that subtle tweak of getting a food shop in i think is really, really is really really useful but it's something so subtle and like you can get it delivered to your house if you haven't got if you want to do it that way but i think a lot of people want to get out of the house away from their kids if they uh <laughs> to get to the shop so um what are the 
other things about the weekends and stuff is about alcohol because I think a lot of people can feel that you may have said it people may have said it to themselves of like well I'm going to give up drinking now for the next six weeks so I'm going to give drink and it's like are you really mm-hmm. like don't set yourself up for a fall there like what like if you look at like well you've got a wedding and a holiday and something else coming up in the week like alcohol doesn't ruin fat loss can you kind of expand that a little bit more yeah for sure i think alcohol in terms of like when it comes to fat loss is it's definitely something that can form part of it and it time and time again with the guys that i work with as well and i'm sure you've had clients that have done the absolute same like the end of the day alcohol is just calories that needs to be worked into your diet like anything else so again i'm not someone that perhaps maybe will get them to track exactly everything that they have i'll use the calorie banking method quite a lot with alcohol so if i know someone's going out or even myself if i know i'm going out at the weekend and i'll typically have a couple beers and then maybe i'll move on to things like vodka and diet coke i'll just then leave a allotted amount for that knowing sort of the calories that are in those types of things because you can get really really complicated with alcohol tracking and you can work out the amount of alcohol per gram and the calories that come into yeah. it or you can just say okay a bottle of beer is 120 calories a vodka and diet coke is 60 or 70 typically times that by how many you would maybe have leave that as a bank that you've got available and then you can then go and enjoy yourself with alcohol um and i think as long as it's moderate and it's not something that's happening all the time it's not going to affect fat loss um it's happening every single week a couple times a week you might struggle a bit more because you're then choosing alcohol over food and that obviously is something that maybe affects mood the next day your training your uh, choices for food so it definitely has to be a, a moderate side of thing but it, it definitely doesn't ruin fat loss um, and it can be part of it for sure the whole way through um i'm not a huge drinker anyway like if yeah. i drink now like, I'll just drink zero beers. They're amazing. They're great. Like, I, I, because I don't drink, I haven't drank in about six years, but I'm drinking out of Guinness glass here. But I know it's like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, but I'm not drinking it. But the zeros are epic. They're the exact, like, they're, I used to drink Guinness when I drank, but they're, 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 uh, they're nearly as good as the real thing. And it, they are handy. I think everyone has when there's non alcoholic gins now and yes. everything for people that want it, there are more that way inclined when they're drinking. So there are a lot more options. And I think, when like people don't know what's necessary in the glass either i think a lot of people get freaked out by that panic of i shouldn't be drinking or this is going to ruin everything or caring what other people think if you're at weddings or whatever it is but no one's looking in your glass and actually going around tasting your glass saying is this an alcoholic or whatever it may be so i think people need to get that out but one of the big things you said throughout is that you're entering in your calories before the day starts so you know what you're having already before it's you've eaten it rather than doing it on a whim and mm-hmm. leaving it up to chance. And I think that's a really, really useful and subtle tool yeah. for someone to have that little bit more awareness. And I think awareness is one of the biggest things that people don't bring in or think about about why we do things or when we should do things and our on our little habits. Uh, another thing that can frustrate people is the kind of like fat loss st- stall or the the plateau. I think this drives people up the wall. Um, I think I got like 20 DMs on that topic alone yesterday. Um, so that's why it's so hot in my head. But how to, like what is a weight loss plateau and how to break through that kind of like weight loss plateau? Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing is to define actually hitting a plateau as well. 
<clears throat> so many people will see their weight stay the yeah same. just the weight stalls yeah, yeah. Uh, the weight stay the same for two or three days and they think oh i'm going i need to change something um and it, yeah so so the first thing is actually just identifying that plateau but for me it tends to be usually like two weeks so if weight's not moved for two weeks measurements are the same you look the same and you don't feel any different we probably need a change so that's that that's for me when i would define okay you've hit a bit of a plateau here because the thing is your weight could stay the same for two weeks but your measurements could go down you could feel better you could be moving better you could be like kind of fitting better in clothes that's not a plateau that's just your weight not playing ball with what you're actually seeing in the mirror or feeling in yourself so it's just making sure that when you've when you've actually hit a plateau you're, you've actually hit it and you're again all of these things that come into it so if you've hit a plateau have you been sticking to the calories have you been sticking to your steps have you been doing your cardio that you've maybe got yourself set have you been doing training you look at all of these things obviously for females is it the cycle week is that something we need to consider as well like there's there's so many things that you need to consider when it comes to before you move things forward do you like obviously whether you change calories or change steps before you then obviously to take that change so but for me obviously when it comes to actually get things moving again i'll always obviously look at all of those bits first um but i'm more of an advocate of probably looking at calories first when it comes to get things moving again i think they have the biggest impact for the smallest change asking someone to do another three or four thousand steps a day it'd literally just be a case of okay can we just drop 100 calories per yeah. day and take instead could we just literally have a few less coffees a day could we have a few less tablespoons of peanut butter or even just one tablespoon of peanut butter if you're having it rather than getting you to go out and do half an hour more of walking so it's it's that cost reward ratio and and for me that's something that's massively changed over the years um and i don't recommend it to everyone but i, I will diet on fairly low calories and i'm quite happy to do that because i don't move a lot like my my steps will be notoriously quite low but i will happily eat less and i'm okay with eating less because i know i can fit the volume in around it uh, to make sure I manage my fat loss. Um, so it's, I think when it comes to get things, get, getting things moving, you have to pick your preference on what you're going to enjoy more. I've got guys that just want to do cardio because they don't want the thought of eating less than 2000 calories. That's I'm like, I would be like that. I, um, I struggle. Everyone is different and there's no right or way, to, wrong way to go about it. You just have to make sure it's for you and it works for you and ultimately just make that change to get things moving again. Yeah. And I think. I, yeah, I think it's figuring out what approach kind of works for yourself on that. And I think the, the the big caveat in there is that two week kind of marker, but alongside that is well, when are you being adherent? Yes, yeah. I think people forget that they're kind of like people are very very quick to drop themselves so low on calories, which can almost bring them into oblivion, rather than actually taking a step back and saying, right, actually, have I been adherent like eighty percent of the time? Yeah. Our measurements, I, and I like, I don't think a lot of people bring in measurements. Mm. or don't know how to or don't know where to take them on stuff and i think that's an important tool like because the measurements are a better indicator of fat loss and the weight is literally going to fluctuate like if you didn't go to the bathroom the weight's going to go up if you went on a flight that's going to go up or you could just have had a pint of water and it's going to go up that's how futile that, that weighing scales is so i think that's really really useful and then the menstrual cycle stuff on top of it as well which is which is really really useful um one of the the big things that kind of can kind of come in for when people are kind of trying to start or looking to start is I'll start when things quiet down. And I'm sure you've heard this 
this sentence a few times um, from yourself. Can you expand on that a little bit more and how to kind of step away for it or adjust adjust that mindset for someone that's kind of looking to start, but kind of like almost waiting for that perfect time? Yeah, I think it's just defining what a quiet time is. Like, I I, there is one. I, don't, I literally can't remember a period in my life in the last three years where things have been quiet yeah. <laughs> or like like not hectic or not doing something. And I think that again, just to 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 look at on the other side, fat loss is actually easier when you're busy. Like it is like nine times out of ten, fat loss is easier when you're actually not quiet and you've got things going on. When your work days are a bit more hectic, when you've got things that are happening, like you have more to think about outside of fat loss. So sticking to it tends to be a bit easier. I always, I've always found anyway. Um, but I think with things like the whole, I'll start when things quiet down. It sets up the mindset that fat loss is only ever going to be happening when things are quiet, which just doesn't put it into a reality. Because what's what happens is what happens if you lose all this weight when things are quiet and then you get busy, you just put it all back on and then you then have to take it again off the next year when things are quiet again. And all you have is this consistent cycle of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight when things are quiet and when things are busy, you have to figure out how you can lose fat and keep it off when you're, when you've got things going on. Otherwise it's just, it will be this never ending cycle that never completes or comes to fruition. Um, so I think you just learning how to manage a lot of these things that you you feel are going to take you off track, whether it's birthdays, barbecues, social events, holidays, there's always a method and there's always a tool to manage it with fat loss. Um, and I've definitely found that over the years that that can be done. Yeah, I think, uh, as you said, like if you were to look back over the last three years, there's always going to be something there's always going to be social events or weddings or holidays or trips away or meals out there's always going to be something that can then kind of kind of tip people over the edge sometimes it's kind of like the more you'll learn more about your habits and behaviors when life is really really busy because they're the ones that especially if someone struggles when they stress when they get stressed with their eating that there's two responses there's one like me who doesn't really eat and then there's the one who can overeat quite easily when they get stressed and it's finding out how to balance that having different tactics and that awareness thing kind of comes in again so I think that's really really useful of kind of obviously if you're out every single weekend or you're at weddings for six weekends in a row or seven weekends in a row is it ideal maybe not but maybe set it up for when you're finished that kind of busy time as well could be that side of things um on on that yeah in relation to go on I think it was just another point as well. It's important to to know or understand that when you have these busy periods, it's okay to maintain the weight for a little bit. Yeah. I actually think it's a big success if you can get through a busy week having like not like necessarily made progress, but not going backwards. I think as, as long as you're still on the journey to improving yourself and it's not going in the other direction and you've got all of these busy things coming up, which ultimately are hard to work around sometimes, that's still a huge, huge win. Um, and, and seeing that is, is a big thing too. Yeah, I think it's important to look at maybe concentrate on maybe non-scale victories around that time of like, well, are you sleeping better? Are you actually getting out for a walk when you potentially wouldn't have previously? Are you still able to get your sessions in? Or is your strength going up? And that, that that maintenance thing, I think, scares an awful lot of people. It's kind of like, well, am I failing if I'm staying the same? It's like, you're never really staying the same. Your mindset could be improving, your relationship with food, these unsexy things. Because so many people are driven by what the scales is saying. 
but you're not really in control of what that scales is saying you're in control of what your actions and behaviors are yeah. and when you take that kind of leap back and take that step back and look at it from that perspective it, it's it's a lot more it's a lot more empowering and it kind of takes the pressure off you um mm-hmm. a lot of people are afraid of a maintenance phase because you know yourself when you're kind of you either want to almost put on weight or bulk or else you want to diet but at the minute you've been saying at the earlier on you were kind of like six or seven months in and around the same measurements or weight or whatever it might be but your training is probably improving 100 yeah way stronger than i was six months ago so yeah i think that's huge um in relation to the training side of things and this is going to be probably the last question in relation to do you think some a lot of people are overcomplicating what they're doing with their training like are they just going onto social media and looking at a glute band workout from big betty booty or a six-pack piece or what can what do art people overcomplicating it six-pack shame (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I i think there's always an element of social media making things more complicated than it needs to be um because at the end of the day social media a lot of people are trying to get you to sign up to their programs or follow them so it helps them out in the long run um so there's always going to be these catchy things that necessarily aren't actually what people might actually be doing um and it's a very small snippet of essentially a, a program or whatever but i think when it comes to training there's a few things you you have to look at to make sure it works for you so big one how many days a week can you get to the gym or train at home or what do you actually enjoy when it comes to exercise because that's exercise doesn't have to just be a gym workout it can be going out for a bike ride it could be going out for a run it could be yoga um, pilates whatever it might be like what do you enjoy and how many days a week can you commit to it what things do you like doing and things that you are know are going to help you within your body and what you want to change so again if you want bigger glutes is doing a banded glute workout maybe the best thing or is it okay do we need to look at compound movements that are going to help grow the muscle um if you want a bigger chest what things do we need to be doing there to make that happen so you pick exercises you like around that and then it's a case of consistently doing it like there's no point doing a band workout once and then never again like if you're doing something for the reason of doing it like a squat a deadlift or whatever it is to improve a muscle you have to consistently do that over time over a series of weeks to to get stronger to improve doing it um, and, and that applies to really any exercise you do. Just find something you enjoy, consistently do it, and you're probably going to see a great change. Um, but I think over the years, I've definitely found what I do outside of the gym is always a big factor as well. So it's not necessarily all about just the, the gym stuff itself. It's about actually your nutrition outside as a big part as well. Yeah, because I know, I know it's so easy, particularly during COVID, people are online an awful lot. And I think a lot of people were saving workouts to do. And yeah. I think if people were to actually go back and look at what their saved posts are and how many workouts they've actually saved and how many they've actually done and how many times they've repeated it, I would be surprised if it's more than five. Um, recipes, isn't it? People will say recipes over and over and over, but they won't ever do it because it's too complicated and too hard. <laughs> yeah, like too everyone hard. has, a, like if you think about how many recipe books have people got in their houses? Yeah and they never use like well there's only one really like there's many ways to cook a chicken but it's what way do you want to cook the chicken what way do you enjoy cooking the chicken i think that's the way the same thing with the the training is like what do you actually enjoy like if you don't enjoy weight training that's cool 
but if you're looking to kind of get stronger if you're looking to get build muscle or toned is the, the buzzword you're, you're going to need to have some sort of resistance training for yourself or weight training or whatever it may be if you enjoyed yoga or pilates and that's what your way of meeting friends amazing do that as as jack has said if you enjoy walking or going for a cycle and that's your way of getting out of the house and moving amazing do it that way but it is important to kind of look at well is this program that you're potentially looking at buying off big betty booty is it too good to be true and is there any real kind of like is there any real logic behind it or is it just one of these glute band workouts because you can get some sort of results with it but i actually going to enjoy it and stick with it because i'd rather be in the gym than doing glute band work if i'm being 100 honest yeah yeah definitely it's pick, picking what you enjoy is the, the key element of, of anything i think if you've ever looked at training like kind of pyramids of hierarchy i think the, the first thing on the bottom is adherence so yeah it's like nutrition as well yeah it's kind of like well what can you adhere to like it's one of the hardest parts for people to kind of get their head around it's like that adherence part it's like well why are you adhering to the financial goals that you're setting when you're saving for money it's like you're not bankrupting yourself there you're potentially putting a little bit away each time and it's the same thing with your goals like you're doing something small every time to get to the goal rather than going i'm going to save every single penny i have this month and have no money for fun yeah, same thing with your nutrition and your training um jack i can't thank you enough for for coming on for, for again hopefully it won't be another five or ten years uh when we have a chat again um where can people find out about you where can people work with you uh just probably my instagram is the main one to be honest um so it's just jackgad underscore um uh, or i've got sort of a, a youtube channel and a tiktok as well but they're very much not used so maybe in the future they will be but instagram is the main one awesome jack thank you so much for coming on no worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Massive thank you to Jack for coming on to the podcast and being so open and brilliantly honest with his journey and his perspective changes. And it was great actually to catch up with Jack for a bit of time beforehand and a bit of chat afterwards because I worked with Jack quite closely for a, a, a while as well. So it was nice to have that catch up with someone that you respect in the industry. If you're interested in work with Jack, click on the link into the show notes and give him a follow on Instagram. And I hope you guys have enjoyed that episode. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do tag me and Jack up on your stories. Share it with friends. And I know this episode will help an awful lot of you. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. 